0: I'm Jim
1: Ford.
2: I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Chad Bokelman. And this
1: is The Lantern Cast.
0: Episode 157. Awesome. So.
1: Well that's 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 a nice coincidence. We're doing 157 and we're reviewing the 1-7 issues.
0: You really feel good about that joke?
1: It's not really a joke it's just an observation.
0: Oh it's a joke all right.
1: (laughs) It's a poor observation I'll say that.
0: No, no, they definitely have have a, a, at least one
2: digit in common. They, two
1: digits, okay. except for our it's, five in the middle.
2: It's a it's a non coincidence. <laughs> I didn't think anything could make
0: these issues worse, and then Jim started talking to me.
2: <laughs> uh. For those of you who aren't aware, we're covering Wrath of the First Lantern, the first four issues. So yeah, the parts, number 17s. Yeah, it's parts one through four.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a... What is it? This is a three-month thing? It, this takes us through the end of the uh, the creative shakeup. Four months. No. 17, four,
2: 18,
0: four, yeah. 19, and 20. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, God, there's more. Oh, alright.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Let's get excited!
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. You know, bef- before we jump in can we agree like like can we agree that like despite the fact that this actually has you know part one part two part three part four it's kind of exactly the same as rise of the third army and that it doesn't really seem to matter what order we read this stuff in
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I- I was not paying any attention whatsoever. You know, actually, uh, let's see. I read, well, I didn't read Red Lanterns first because it didn't come out first. But uh, when I went back to reread them, and I hadn't read Red Lanterns, uh, that sounds really stupid. I read Red Lanterns first. So obviously, I would read Red Lanterns first because I read the other ones already. I was more curious as to what happens in Red Lanterns because it was like, you know, they kind of cut it rather abruptly last issue. Hmm. Yeah. I was disappointed, but I mean <laughs> that goes without saying with Red Lanterns.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, shall we jump right in?
1: Let's please right. get this done as soon as possible. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
2: Not happening. Okay, Green Lantern number 17. The Wrath of the First Lantern begins by uh, Jeff Johns, Doug Monkey, Dan Jurgens, Phil Jimenez, uh, Tom Wynn, and I believe Steve Irwin. Unless I'm making that last name up out of my head.
0: <laughs> is that the Crocodile Hunter? <laughs> Steve
2: Irwin
0: <laughs> is the Crocodile Hunter.
2: Mark, Mark Irwin. Irwin. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just going on what sounds right. Hey, I did all of that without looking at the interior credits page, so...
1: Did you say Christian Alame?
2: No, he's not listed on the cover.
1: Oh, well, he's in there, too.
2: He may be, but he's not on the cover, damn it. Um, And speaking of the cover, actually, this is the first cover of of Green Lantern in a good long while I actually like, Um, and I believe it's a Doug Monkey cover, and it's freaking pretty epic looking. Um...
0: I like seeing Simon in a group shot with all the others like this.
2: Yeah, that is pretty cool. Is Kyle in there? No, he's not.
0: Yeah, he's under uh he's right next to Indigo. Yeah. Yeah, no,
1: it makes makes sense to
2: show him with everybody else. And no, so Hal's busy. not in there. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I thought Kyle was Hal for a second. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> we open up um, the planet Oa ten billion years ago where they are recreating a scene from uh, Green Lantern number 40 way really back in the Silver Age. Uh, Krona is looking deep into the past, trying to discover the origin of time in the universe and everything. Uh, and uh, as they, the other Owens, Malthusians, uh, although they say the planet Oa, so I don't know if they're still from Maltus or if they've gotten rid of Maltus and they're doing the Oa thing. Um... Oh, that's they, a typo. What? Yeah,
1: this this was Maltus.
2: Supposed to be Maltus. However, it says the planet Oa 10 billion years ago that this happens. Um, so anyways, um, as uh, Ganthet and a few guards are breaking into Krona's room, lab, whatever, is right when the classic scene of the hand with the galaxy spinning in the middle of it shows up, and Krona's like, oh, the hand, do you see it? Do you see it? And um, they're trying still to warn him. And suddenly the whole scene changes and the hand starts to clench. And as it clenches, you see a ring on the finger. Uh, and then the loud noise happens. And um, the, the screen uh, cracks open. And I made it. I survived. And there's some dude. And what looks astonishing like a an astronaut's outfit holding what looks like a turquoise teal lantern. And Gant that asks, who are you? And his name is Volthoom. Um, We cut to uh, modern day and uh, someone is got uh, Simon on puppet strings and he's just kind of recapping what's going on, who he is, what's been happening. And we come to find out that uh, Simon is inside the, I don't know. Guardian, Jack in the Box uh, slash Prison uh, with Black Hand. Uh, He Black Hand wants out, and the Guardians are hearing everything that's going on on the other side of the wall. And um, he's looking for Simon. Says he's looking for Hal Jordan. Black Hand tries to kill him, and uh, unless he releases him, and he Simon tells Black Hand that the Guardians are out to destroy the core, and then runs him over with a construct eighteen wheeler. Um, then uh, Badge wakes up. Uh, the Guardians start trying to the Guardians uh, that are on the other side of the wall try and uh, get uh, Simon's attention to let him out, um, uh, but he's like, "Well, this is a prison." Uh, so they start telling him about the danger that the First Lantern. Uh, poses right when we cut over to um, the. I'm assuming the inner sanctum of the guardians themselves I don't think this is a place inside that prison Um, the guardians are imprisoned by Volthoom and it looks like uh, what there's six of them left Um, and uh, he says we are on Maltus in my house so I'm not quite sure if that first thing has anything to do with this or not um, but uh, he starts, you know, condemning the Guardians for what they've done wrong. You know, I'm the one who showed you the multiple emotional spectrum in the first place, and you were afraid of it. And uh, he does his white his uh, first Lantern thing, which is new to you and old to us, uh, um, where he basically shows the Guardians their history and shows it where everything went wrong, and starts dicking around with it here. On this admittedly cool double page spread we see the creation of the Manhunters, the creation of the First Lantern and Battery, the induction of Hal into the Core, the possession of Parallax uh, as it seems to be in, uh, remaining intact as uh, what we saw in the uh, um, Rebirth, the birth of the Sinestro Core and the birth of the uh, Hope, Hope Core um, So he starts uh, uh, they start to uh, He starts toying around with uh, Ganthet's emotional outbursts and everything uh, and uh, the timeline of Sinestro and what moments change everything. Um, In this particular case, the main storyline that he adjusts is the moment in which the Guardians decided to exercise fear, uh, emotions. He changes, quote unquote, changes history to where they must not be afraid to feel in the first place. Uh, And then we cut back to Simon and um, Black Hand. Uh, Everything temporarily changes, and Black Hand is no longer Black Hand. He's William Hand, and Simon is no longer Simon. He's uh, Abin Sur, and then everything goes back to the way it was in the first place. Um, At this moment, uh, uh, the first Lantern kind of is jerked out of his reverie and doesn't have enough power to complete whatever it is he's trying. So Simon breaks free the new guardians, quote unquote, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you the know, newest, kind of, yeah, the, basically. Well,
0: the the uh, Templar guardians.
2: I guess if that's what we're calling them. That's what um, they call them. Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, kind of uh, the first Lantern has this little moment of there's so many things to make and unmake, and re- I will be reborn, and history will be mine. And Simon is like, well, I hope I didn't make a mistake. Um, And at that point uh, Simon uh, By black hand gets sucked into the dead zone And There (coughs) stands uh, Sinestro And Hal Jordan and Tomare And the rest of the dead folk And Sinestro says please tell me you aren't the human Who was sent here to rescue us The end But it is (laughs) Yeah So Hmm. Okay so what know, do we I think would... of the best of the four issues hmm do, like, do we like the best of the four issues right here <laughs> <clears throat> yeah.
0: I don't know I mean this was okay it was more set up than I wanted mm. I mean <clears throat> and this is I mean alright peel back a little bit we're, like, three months behind, so I have read past the number 17s. No. I know, right? And, like, a problem I'm having in general is, like, okay, the most interesting thing to me about this story is finding out Valthoom's history and what the hell he's doing. And I still don't know. <laughs> and and I and so, like, this issue is, like, when I read it, I was, like, kind of excited and... All I got from it was, okay, he wants to do something, and he has a cool clubhouse, but he doesn't have enough power to do his thing yet. Alright, maybe next time.
1: Uh, Um, you want to know who Volthoom is?
2: Huh?
1: Oh, I I figured it out.
0: What? Is he Jeff Johns?
1: No. No, I, you know... I, I didn't catch it on the first read-through, but, you know, upon <laughs> second, you know, before the show uh, you know, yesterday, um, I, was, I was going through, and, you know, it's, it's subtle, but they, they do telegraph, like, who, who he is. Uh, Volthoom is Hal Jordan. It, it's absolutely 100% Hal Jordan. Um, he's not the Hal Jordan that we know. But he is absolutely Hal Jordan, and like the the clues to this are: one, he's he's a pilot, uh, he's an astronaut, but he's a pilot. Two, he has like those crazy eyes and like the the crazy hair, very similar to when Hal you know was Parallax. And uh, three, later on, um, you know the, the first lantern. He, you know, he says, you know, to go back and witness my rebirth. And he's looking, you know, at an image of Hal Jordan. Um, like that's, that's the giveaway right there. Like he's looking at all the earth lanterns and, you know, all the new guardians. And then like, there's a, this one panel where he's staring directly at Hal Jordan and he says, and witness my rebirth. So right there, it's like, okay, well, Volthoom is definitely Hal Jordan,
0: um, so you think he's HAL from another dimension or something or
1: Well, you know, I had a couple of theories, but uh, I, I was, you know, still thinking about it earlier this evening and something else hit me. When when did Volthoom show up? Volthoom showed up immediately after Krona did his exper- uh, experiment to witness the the beginning of creation. And what did that do in DC history? What did that kick off?
0: Now create the multiverse.
1: Exactly. And exactly after the multiverse was created, that's when this alternate version of Hal Jordan comes through the portal. So, I mean, like, I mean, I guess the smart money would be that it's some kind of, uh, maybe the antimatter version of Hal Jordan come back in time. Um, But, you know, like, bottom line, you know, this has got to be some kind of alternate version of Hal Jordan. Um, And, you know, now that he's he's back here, you know, he went back to the point of the original universe. And, you know, he's gained the power of, you know, the White Lantern. Um, You know, he wants the main Hal Jordan to become him, basically. Which... You know they've already you know set it up as far as saying that Hal Jordan will be the greatest Black Lantern. So, you know how do you go up against somebody who has control of you know the white light? You know you go up against it with the black light. So that's that's the whole first Lantern story right there. The end. <laughs> yeah. I mean the other the other possibility that I was looking at was like there is a chance that it could be like a future alternate version of Hal Jordan from this universe because Volthoom's like whole gig is showing people like alternate possibilities like every universe has like a number of possibilities in it so it could be that Volthum is just one of Hal, Hal Jordan's possibilities
2: I I yawned earlier and forgot to unmute myself, so I've been interjecting while you've been talking this whole time and didn't know it. <laughs> awesome, awesome, <laughs> perfect. One, I don't think he's from uh, just a, if I can remember what I was trying to tell you. Uh, I don't think he's from an anti-matter universe. I, I I didn't think he was Hal Jordan, and I didn't I didn't come across that until you said it, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, wow, something you said makes sense. Uh, and uh, uh but uh. I'm trying to go back and read a little bit. What I'm doing is I'm trying to compare the dialogue of, quote-unquote, Volthoom, the first lantern, and see if, when he speaks, does it sound like Parallax. Like, well, and, I don't, and I don't mean Parallax the entity. <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, before Jeff Dron's fear bug stuff, you know, zero-hour kind of Parallax talk.
1: Well, you know, there are other clues to that. Uh, When he shows, uh, I guess, Ganthet, the history, you know, you look at that whole thing and what is he focusing on? You know, in that whole image, you have the Guardians, and then, you know, you have Ganthet with Hal Jordan, Mm -hmm. and then later on, you have Ganthet with Parallax. You know, like, Parallax is the only entity that's shown in this, you know, in this giant two-page spread. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, he he basically says that he wants to gain enough energy to be able to control, you know, all of history, you know, throughout the whole universe. Yeah,
2: which is that's,
0: the, that's much, the last clue.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm I'm viewing this from a completely different angle.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, like I don't think it's a matter of figuring out what fictional character he is. Like I I threw it out there just kind of randomly, but like when I said, he, I think he's Jeff Johns. I think this. I think Volthoom makes a lot of sense as a character who's kind of like a stand-in for whatever writer happens to be writing him in that particular issue. Because it was really bugging me, like, like because when I wasn't getting the story I wanted out of these a few rounds of these issues, it started to really bug me the choices they made. Like out out of all of the power you could have. Chosen to cook, to give and Like, all the ways he could be expressing that power. Why focus on things like creation and and <clears throat> excuse me, and like, like, manipulating history and retcons and stuff. And then, like, you look at the, pa- like, even just looking at the page where he mentions his rebirth. Alright, think about this. I'm gonna read some dialogue here think about it in terms of a writer referencing the history of fictional characters that he's about to start writing uh, so many choices to so many choices to unmake and remake so many hor- uh, horrible regrets and tragedies to befall their misery and grief and regrets will give me the power i require the power i need to go back to the beginning and witness my rebirth and like that could even be a little metal meta nod to the fact that well it's his rebirth he wrote that story about this character that he's looking at mm-hmm. and like when you look at like everything volthoom is doing through these issues he's basically sitting down with he, like he's basically grabbing up a character looking at what makes them tick dissecting them one last time before leaving. You know? I like I think this character is supposed to be like like in Green Lantern Core, Valthum is Peter Tomasi. In in New Guardians, he is Tony Bedard. I
1: I think I think that that's a, a definitely an interesting you know take on, on it as far as you know the whole Metatextual, um, you know, a way that he he basically moves around.
0: Um, I, you know, I, the...
1: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I think they're definitely doing that. Although I do also think that Volthoom is a character.
0: I mean, it can't it doesn't have to be exclusively one or the other. I mean, look at Superboy Prime. Right, Superboy Prime was flat out a DC character. At the same time, Jeff Johns used him blatantly as the voice of the uncontent comic book fanboy mm-hmm. and never made any secret about it. Like sometimes he just lifted dialogue from <laughs> right out of message boards just be- because that's what he was going for with that character. Right.
1: Um yeah, I I mean like the fact that the <laughs> fact that he's clearly like American. You know, it's it's, it's got to be, you know, somebody. And, and, I mean, I definitely think it's Hal Jordan um, or a version of Hal Jordan. Uh, Chad, when you were going through the, you know, the run through, um, when they get to Volthoom's house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, he says, you know, we're in my house on Maltus. Now, you know, once they went to Oa, they never went back to Maltus. So, like, that, that first scene, you know, it definitely took place on Malthus. It's just a typo. Hmm.
2: You know, and I know this is probably wrong, but I've, I've never, I think you did read the entire series, Jim, but I only read an issue or two here and there. Doesn't this house of Voltum kind of look like the Spectre, Hal Jordan Spectre's little trans-dimensional hangout? <coughs>
1: Yes, yeah, well yeah. I mean it was a lot more sparse but there are definite yeah. uh, similarities
2: Okay. Yeah, I thought it looked kind of familiar
0: I thought it was a nice touch that he's collected the guardians and they're his and they're in a orange bubble
2: hmm. And there's only six of them
0: yeah. I've lost track of how many there should be. <laughs> well, Sade's dead. Yeah.
2: No.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. <clears> what <throat> do you think of the art? Oh, I liked it. Mm. It was kind of back and forth. They did that thing again where for two pages they use shades of green that don't appear anywhere else in the entire book, including the same scene. What do you mean? Um like go to like the uh the Simon go to the Simon page, like the, the right opposite the Justice League ad. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You look at, look at the shades of green on him there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then on the next two pages, the color palette's completely different. Oh, yeah. And then you turn the page again, and it's completely different again. And it stays that way.
2: I think it has to do with the lighting, doesn't it?
0: I don't think so.
2: Hmm.
0: Maybe, I mean, maybe, but I don't know
1: there were a lot of people that
2: <clears throat> that that took
0: part, you know, part in making this book. Yeah, yeah and that that, splat, that two-page spread with Genthat's history, like, the inking looked like it was kind of muddy. Yeah,
2: whose who's inks is that? That's not, that's, I know that's not Tom. Who are the other, was there more than just two inkers? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, wasn't
1: it, uh, Keith Champlain and
2: uh, Keith Champlain, Martha Irwin, Christian Elmay, yeah. Monkey is an anchor, too. That might be Monkey in- inking himself.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of anchors on this one. Yeah.
0: And I think my favorite sequence in the book was the. Uh, The attempted retcon of Ganthet talking everybody out of forsaking their emotions.
2: Yeah.
0: Which, you know, that would be a big deal if it worked, but it didn't, so there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh,
1: Yeah, not a bad issue. Uh, What you call it? We we didn't really talk too much about what was going on in the, the box. What box? You know, the Chamber of Shadows or whatever.
0: Oh, what was going on?
1: Yeah, you had Simon in there, and then he broke out the Templar Guardians. Yeah. That's about it. That happened. Yeah. That's it.
0: And he got, you know, sucked into Black Hand's ring. Yeah. Hmm. That's kind of cool, I guess, you know.
1: Not really, but okay.
0: Yeah, this this was like a borrow issue, I think.
1: I would give it a buy just because of the beginning. You know, the prologue.
2: Yeah, I, I really like that.
1: Yeah, that, that that sells the book for me. The rest of it was just, like, eh. It's a but, biro. A biro. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it's perfect. I love it. It's a biro. Just give me the prologue, and you can keep the rest of the comic. I'll give you 75 cents for it. <coughs>
2: Alright,
0: so, Green Lantern Corps. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's me. Alright, yeah. um, <laughs> so Green, Lan- Green Lantern Corps 17... Written by Peter J. Tomasi. Art, I'm sorry, pencils by Fernando Pisarin. uh Inker, Scott Hanna. Oh, only one. All right. <laughs> uh, colorist, Gabe Eltiab and Will Quiones. Alright, so. <coughs> Thum. without wasting any time whatsoever has already nabbed Guy Gardner and has ensnared him in, like, emotional spider webs then is just sort of looking back through the photo album of his life. Uh, he's basically trying to... Basically, Valthum can't do whatever the hell his plan is, which we still don't know, without enough energy. And the Guardians have kept him trapped and they've been tapping his power for their third army and all this stuff, so he's he's not as strong as he needs to be. So he figures I'll I'll get some really super emotional people like Guy Gardner here and I'll uh I'll find the most emotional moments of their past and I'll uh drain some power from that or something. Okay, so that's good. So he's looking through Guy's messed up history.
2: <clears throat>
0: and he starts you know, he starts playing around with Showing Guy variations of different scenarios and, like, feeding off of his reactions to them, you know, like... Like, there was a time when Guy and his brother and sister were kids and, you know, they were ice skating and the the ice broke and Guy's brother, you know, he's the one that pulled the two of them out. Well, what would have happened if Guy was the one who had to pull them out? And would they have lived? What would they have done to his family? What would they have done to Guy? And, uh, uh nah, I'm not going to look for the I couldn't remember any of his family's names, but I don't care right now. <laughs> they, they both began with a G. Yeah, like Grace or something? Wh- whatever, whatever.
1: And, Ger- and Gerald's <laughs> Gerald and Grace?
0: I don't think the, either of those are right, but whatever. So, you know, cut to something more relevant. We get to see the incident... That got Guy thrown out of the police force. Which was, he was chasing a bomber through an airport. Uh, the guy had gotten. He, he was basically about to board the plane, where, you know, okay, Guy's the only one left, and there's no backup in sight. He's about to pass out from blood loss. He can either shoot this guy's bomb vest before he gets on the plane, or let it explode on the plane. So it's like, which group of people are you going to let die? So he shoots, choosing you know, because there's way more people on the plane than there are are in that hallway. So he takes a shot, blows up the guy, and deals with the consequences. And the first lantern is kind of like, well, let's see what would happen if you missed. And he shows Guy, like, you know, him taking the shot, missing because he succumbed to his own wounds, and the plane explodes. And if that wasn't bad enough, <clears throat> we jump back to, I, I believe this takes place during Blackest Night, where it's when Guy has the red ring. And in, but instead of zombies, he's now, now fighting against his friends and fellow lanterns and killing the shit out of all of them and we have this like inner monologue running through the whole fight scene kind of like highlighting what he's doing why he's doing it and in the middle of all of it all of a sudden he has a a yellow ring too because like the the point of this is kind of you know guy gardner is like this perfect storm of willpower, rage, and fear all the time and what happens if he doesn't have control over it and they get the icing on the cake of everybody who was now dead (laughs) under Volthoom's new version of Guy's life comes back to get him as Black Lantern zombies at the end of the issue and Guy's like, "Uh, I can't take this anymore, I hate this place and then I guess that's the end (laughs)
2: Yeah. Now... Boom is drawn a lot to look like Guy Gardner in this issue. Yeah,
0: he kind of is.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
0: this issue opened with a two-page spread that f- my first reaction was, "Oh, that's kind of cool." And my second reaction was, "Well, this is going to cause some fucking problems." Well, <laughs> cool.
1: I mean, aside from the fact that it's out of order.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, not even that. They had the perfect chance to get rid of some of this shit. But here it is. Like, I was under the impression, now, that in the New 52, he didn't have his period of, you know, yellow ring leather jacket guy, or... Like, I, I was certain we at least got rid of all that, that Voldarian crap. But no, no, it's both front and center, right here.
1: I, you know, I appreciate the Valdarian stuff, so... The only the only thing is, like, the, you know, black jacket with the yellow ring happened before that. So, but I mean, aside from that, I, I'm glad. I'm glad that they actually, you know, took it all into account.
2: There's a gym teacher, Guy Gardner, way in the very back with a collared white shirt.
0: Yeah.
2: I have one question though on this whole page. There's only one scene I don't recognize. The the scene over Volthoom's right shoulder. Underneath where he's firing the gun. What is that?
0: Um Is that I think that's a Blackest Night thing, isn't it? I Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um what's the guy's name? The big red guy with the horns. Um. Damn it! Can't remember his name now. He's a Black Lantern that came back and like he actually like speared guy through the leg with his horns while they were fighting on Oa. I think.
2: Oh yeah. Okay, I can barely make out the Black Lantern symbol there. Hmm. And the uh, thing with the uh, Anti Monitor is that brightest day, or is that that's not Crisis? He wasn't a Green Lantern during Crisis.
1: Oh, he was. He was oh, the he only was. Green Lantern in Crisis.
0: I can't remember. Could also be Sinestro War. Yeah. it's
2: true. <coughs>
1: yeah, I'm not sure which one it is, but it could be ver- well, actually, no, it can't be Crisis because Crisis didn't happen in this universe.
0: Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, but Voldarian shit did. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Damn right it did. Stupid them. Suck it. <laughs> Why'd you marry it if you love it so much?
1: Oh, and by the way, it's Gerard and Gloria.
0: I was almost there. <laughs> um, I love the, the little touch where, um, in the first flashbacky thing, Guy's father is blatantly the inspiration for Guy Gardner's costume. So he's wearing like, he's wearing like the a coat that has like gray sleeves, but like a green p- body to it.
1: Yeah, that was kind of Ridiculous The father's You know, blaming his son That he didn't save his other two Children
0: <clears throat> Yeah, but it, was, it was in the moment yeah. It was kind of ridiculous What would you want him to have? A logical reaction we just saw saw like the dead bodies of two of his children.
1: Well, no, I mean, listen. You, obviously, you know it's a, you know it's a tragedy, and you're gonna react to it. But to blame the surviving child is like, you know, that kind of makes him the worst human being ever.
0: We already know he's the worst human being ever. Remember, like him in the zero issue, he's a piece of crap.
1: Uh, he wasn't the worst human in the in the universe at that He's point. He's
0: a piece of crap. I guess this, this cements it oh, We're anti Papa Gardner.
1: Um What you call it? You know, I was kinda confused about the yellow ring thing. What? But they don't they never actually come out and say, you know, well let's see what happens, you know, with the yellow ring. They just kind of, like, show yellow energy coming off of him.
2: Yeah. Wait, where?
1: The the scene where he has a yellow ring. Where he's (laughs) killing his fellow Green Lanterns. As a Red Lantern, Green Lantern, slash Yellow Lantern. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, that is a yellow ring. Where the fuck did that come from? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He just has it in you know from one scene to the next he you know he doesn't have it and then all oh. of a sudden he
2: has it <coughs> yeah. uh it looks like it's flying onto his finger like uh right right above the panel where he uh kills Aresia. yeah like right in that moment it looks like it flies on his finger
0: uh. <laughs> ultimately where it comes from isn't as important as why it's there yeah because, I mean, this this whole issue was, it, it literally is, it's Pierre J. Tomasi getting to to dissect the character of Guy Gardner one last time before he goes. And, you know, how would, and the way he would describe him is, like, is as a perfect storm of rage and willpower and fear. So yeah. that, that's why he had all three rings in this scene.
2: You think they're also showing you in his Red Lantern getup because of what's going to happen after Issue 20? Oh, probably.
1: Yeah, they're probably lining that up. Um, you know, my only <laughs> thoughts on this this issue is that I think Guy kind of gave up fairly easy. Hmm. You know? Like, I, I would have... Expect more from Guy Gardner. I hey, granted, it's, you know, it's got to be you know quite an experience to have to go through. But by the same token, it's Guy Gardner. If, not, if anything else, like even if he, you know, wasn't like completely cool and collected through it, you would expect at least some cockiness to try and cover up, you know, whatever you know shortcomings he has.
0: Although at the same time, Guy Gardner, like, we're seeing Guy Gardner in the real world, quote-unquote, reacting to basically the memories of a Guy Gardner who failed to save his brother and sister from certain death, failed to stop a plane filled with people from dying... And lost himself so badly that he killed off all of his friends. And then got mobbed by the corpses of all of the dead people I just listed. Like, was it real? No, because at least based on last issue, Falthum doesn't have the power to legit change anything yet, but he can at least show you these other versions. But it was all like, it was that level of loss flooding into them all at once just kind of beat them down <clears throat>
1: um, okay um, what do you guys rate this
2: mm. hi borrow I'll
0: put this a buy I cared more I cared about this more than I did anything else I read this month <laughs>
1: um, yeah I would say borrow Hold on one second, and I'll come back and review
0: New Guardians.
2: This would be a perfect time for a
0: a commercial break. Chad, do you like sticks?
2: No, I mean an actual commercial break. Oh. We have one. We We might as well play it, (laughs) Hey, comic book fans, this is
0: Mike from the Flashback Podcast. If you're a Flash fan and you read the DC comic book The Flash, then you've got to join me and my brother-in-law, Rich, each and every month as we break down the Flash issues page by page.
2: Join us on our podcast, which is located at flashbackpodcast.podbean.com. Again, flashbackpodcast.podbean.com Podcasts are also available on iTunes.
0: So yeah, Flashback. They're a good show. Mike and Rich, awesome guys. I've listened to them for a long time now.
2: Yeah, me too. I I, I actually send them uh, listener mail for them to read on this show. I think they've been going almost as long as we have. Don't have as many episodes, but about as long as us. They actually have i think they started
0: a few months after we did it's just they're typically on once a month show uh, except like they'll crank out others when they wanted to cover things like like uh, like when there was the blackest night tie-in the flash and when they have all the flashpoint books and all that stuff but uh you know typically they just like they get together once a month do the new stuff and and yeah no i i realized uh, well I, I, just, I think they said it on the air a couple episodes ago, how long they'd actually been going, and how many they'd done, and I was like, wow. I didn't realize, because I didn't realize they went back that far.
2: Yeah, they've been going for a good long while. So, shout out to those guys. Keep doing what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Your turn, Jim.
1: Okay, so, uh, uh, Green Lantern, New Guardians, uh, number 17, we got Tony Bedard writing, Aaron Cooter drawing, Uh, Will Quintana Colorist and Dave Sharp letter. Wait a second, there's no... Oh, I guess uh, Cooter is doing his own inks. Okay. So, uh... We we start out, um... We're on Earth. We are in Kyle Rayner's apartment with Kyle Rayner and uh, Volthoom. And, uh... You know, Kyle, he's still the White Lantern, and, you know, he figures he'll use his White Lantern powers to, you know, take out the first Lantern. But they don't they don't really work against him, um, you know, because he has such control over it already. So then, you know, he does the whole, you know, let's look at your history. You know. Kyle Rayner, this is your life, and what could have been. So his first possibility is uh, Alex is still alive. And they're separating because, you know, since he had to give up, he gave up the ring to be with her. But because, you know, he gave up the ring, like that's been, you know, looming over them. You know, and she, I guess, never, she couldn't deal with the fact that he gave up, you know, the ability to save other people, you know, for her. So the relationship's falling apart. But Kyle's like, you know, I can't, I can't let this happen. You know, uh, this is my second chance with you. I don't care. We'll make it work. You know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, his powers come back. So he's like, you know, know, don't worry about the details. But I have my powers. We can be together. And I'm gonna go and you know save lives also. And so all of a sudden, Volthoom, you know, cuts in and is like, wait a second. You know, nobody else has been able to basically take charge of their new universe the way that you were able to. He's like, you know, I wonder how you're able to, you know, overcome this kind of adversity. So, you know, what if you were raised by your father instead of your mother? And, you know, so now all of a sudden he's a mechanic, you know, he's been working with his father and he never met Alex. uh, But even in this reality, he still remembers her and he's still fighting it, you know, to to get you know back the way that it was and then uh you know the, the final reality it's uh you have the sinestro core symbol engraved in the moon and guy gardner who is missing an eye comes started he's attacking white lantern kyle rayner basically blaming him for allowing the sinestro core to ravage earth um because Hal never came back; he uh, he died reigniting the sun, and you know that was it for him. Um, you know, so Kyle's you know he's basically just fighting his way through all these. You know, by the end, you know he's he's definitely tired, but Volthoom gives him a choice. You know, whichever of these <laughs> universes you you know you want, let me know, and you know that's what I'll I'll make. And Kyle, you know, he would gladly give up his own life or anything that he's, you know, accomplished just for Alex to be alive again. And uh, instead of actually, you know, uh, making it happen, Voltoon's like, you know, whoop, sorry, uh-uh. You know, I'm just going to rip it away and, you know, your uh, your despair is going to give me more power. Um, you know. And he, he says he wanted, you know, he was hoping that Kyle Rayner could be, like, you know, somewhere on his level, since he had mastered all of the, you know, all of the emotions. But he's uh, no good, and he just kind of leaves him there on the floor and cuts out for parts unknown.
2: So, can we talk about the most ridiculous aspect of this whole thing? Which would be? The double-page spread, where apparently (laughs) the 12-issue series of Ion still exists. Good lord. (laughs) Um, uh, Apparently, (laughs) Kyle Rayner was a deformed Uh, (laughs) two-year-old. And um, (laughs) apparently he remembers being in the womb, looking down at his own umbilical cord. Uh, (laughs) Um, There's dogs there for some reason, uh, just above him. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I balloons. <laughs> <laughs> balloons. Of all of all the the historic moments of Kyle Rayner that could be remembered and shown on this page? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, they they take a
0: corner, give it to balloons, dogs and the the sun. <laughs> uh,
1: there's a pizza <laughs> a pizza in the fridge with Alex.
2: Yeah. At least uh, there's
1: that. Yeah.
2: What yeah. bugs me the most is the deformed two-year-old.
1: <laughs> well, what bugs me the most is that, you know, you have you have him in his, you know, original Green Lantern uniform, then his, you know, right after that he changed it to his, you know, original, his, like, His, his Daryl
0: uh, Banks costume. Yeah,
1: yeah, the Daryl Banks. He <coughs> skips over his original Ion Power, which right. doesn't make any sense to me. Right. He, he goes to his Jim Lee redesign... -hmm. Then switches to the Ion mini series costume, to Parallax, and then his current costume, well, his current Green Lantern costume just before the change, and then that weird hybrid where he gained all the rings, except orange. Except orange, and then to the White Lantern. (coughs) Um, But it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't have been Ion in. You know, in this history, because they call him the Torchbearer.
2: Yeah, that the you're talking about the Ion series that you and I love so much. That one. Oh well,
1: yeah, yeah, not not the Ion, story, <laughs> the Ion storyline
2: by. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. People say keep saying that that can't happen in the new Fifty Two or in you know that that couldn't have happened. I don't. I, I still don't understand why. It doesn't make well, sense to me.
0: Well, it doesn't go back to the whole thing where like, according to the flashback, an issue or two ago. Oh. The core didn't. Like, the he was brought into the Green Lantern core originally, so, like, the core might have been around, so there wasn't. You know, he couldn't be the torchbearer because it was still here.
2: Mm. Yeah. I, I guess.
0: I mean, let's be honest. I have absolutely no idea whether or not the Green Lantern core has ever fallen before in the new 52, and if so, how many times. But. I mean, I could see that as being, I could, like, that That was my surprise with Guy Gardner in his uh, double-page spread last issue, because I was assuming that in the New 52, his origin played out like we saw it in Green Lantern number zero, and he was just Green Lantern straight up till now. So, like, I didn't expect, I like, I didn't think he got kicked out of the core, I didn't think he'd be... He got a yellow ring. I didn't think he was a Valdarian anymore. I just thought it was straight up Green Lantern Guy Gardner all the way through. Well, I mean, if you think (laughs) about it,
1: Sinestro's history, it can still be basically the same as it was without really affecting anything in the rest of the universe. You know, like, there can be a crisis, there could be no crisis, but, like, Sinestro, you know... Can have been, you know, tried for war crimes and, you know, murdered or whatever, and Guy got his yellow ring. Um, You know, and the fact that he wields it in that, you know, in that flashback with Volthoom, you know, shows that, okay, well, he mastered the yellow ring back then, so of course he'd be able to use it again, you know, if one flew onto his hand. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, and same thing with the the Voldarian powers, like, you know, he only had those powers for a very short time. You know, it was a very, very short time. But, I mean, you know, it doesn't really affect anything else, so why say they didn't happen?
0: Because it sucked.
1: Although... Although... Why would he need those powers? He would just... Oh, God. If there was no <laughs> Emerald Twilight and the rest of the cores weren't dissolved, then he wouldn't have lost his yellow ring, which means he wouldn't have had to go search for the Valdarian powers. <sighs> okay, well, there's there's a, there's a flaw in their thinking, but whatever. It's like the That's that's like the least of their worries.
0: So my two favorite things in this issue is one, when like right after Kyle's ring wakes up, and Volthoom is just sort of like looking through. He's like, "Hey, what would have happened if you got raised by your dad?" And he's just like he's physically hanging on the th- the strands of like tether light, like it's like. Physically there, and he's just kind of interacting with the, the panels on the page. I
2: like that. You mean his emotional Spider-Man powers?
0: Yes, I love his emotional Spider-Man powers. Where <laughs> it's like he's he's very clearly like he's got his toes wrapped around the strand below him, and he's hanging on the one above him like it's a clothesline. hmm I like that, and I love how like two pages later, he kind of butts into Kyle's you know, outburst. And he keeps sticking his head in the way, so Kyle has to keep like like bringing his head lower to the ground while yelling at nothing, and the sheriff thinks there's something really freaking wrong with this kid.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know. I kind of like the alternate universe where uh, Kyle failed. And Kyle died and never came back after reigniting the sun.
1: Uh, the thing that irritated me about that is that all, like... You know, if that universe is what happened Then You know, it just seems bizarre That I, it's basically As out of character for Guy Gardner To just randomly at one point You know, go after Kyle Rayner because he didn't stop The Sinestro Corps War You know, like he didn't stop it by himself Like It, does, it doesn't matter that the Sinestro Corps War Was originally stopped by the Justice League Teaming up with You know the entire Green Lantern Corps and the Guardians, um, because Kyle couldn't do it himself. Guy Gardner is going after him. It just seems ridiculous to me. Um, It's it's it basically as as out of character as Guy's father like attacking a child because he didn't save his other two child you know children from drowning.
0: Yeah. Well, again, this is in this. Scenario like this. This is guy taking out his frustration on somebody who wasn't there to stop to help stop the bad stuff from happening. When you know we know in his place Hal did. You know, yeah, it was a joint effort on a lot of fronts, but Hal Jordan took out Sinestro. You know, he is the one that that uh, that chopped off the head of that army. And like again, like think this this whole vignette here is about, like kind of speaks to the fact that Kyle never truly got out from within Hal Jordan's shadow and how like detrimental that could be to him and the world around him.
1: Uh, but I, I don't think this is anywhere near you know, Guy's you know, his character even if anything like this did happen you know it's like he's he's basically he's going after Kyle because like he couldn't do everything himself it's just it's ridiculous it's like well guy has a ring too right now how come he didn't stop it you know it doesn't make any sense the last one, the last scenario doesn't make sense to me
0: you know you seem to really like trying to to find logical explanations for emotional reactions, and it doesn't work like that. Well, n- I'm like you also find... you also you also don't know absolutely anything about what guy Gar- what this version of Guy Gardner has been through since the time of the Sinestro Corps up to whenever the present in this flashback or this uh, vignette is.
1: You know. Here's, here's my issue. When, if you're going to show somebody like an alternate timeline and like with the, the other two timelines in this particular issue, it plays by, it plays by rules. It plays by the rules that, okay, we're going to change a few things. Like, you know, what if this happened? You know, what if you had given up the ring? You know, then Alex would still be alive, but the knowledge that you gave up the ring would be tearing you apart. Okay, well, that that whole storyline follows those rules, um, just like the second one. What happens if you were raised by your father? You know, it follows those rules, and you know Kyle is overcoming it. You know, and he's he's breaking through. You know these you know these alternate ideas. With the third one. It's like, you know, it, it's not playing by the same rules.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's asking a question, like, what if, there, what if Hal Jordan never came back from reigniting the sun, and Kyle Rayner had to be his, his replacement outright? And the, I think the end result that you probably don't like is that Kyle failed.
1: Mm, it's well I, I definitely don't like that but like for one thing it would be for one thing it, it's it's out of character that you would fail but then on top of that it's even more out of character that all of a sudden Guy Gardner chooses this moment to go after Kyle because, because he failed like
0: this is when he could find him <laughs>
1: it's like if superman you know couldn't stop a villain you know then guy Gardner would go up to him and was like you know how dare you not stop that villain it's like well you know he's superman he stopped a billion villains but because he couldn't defeat one you know and nobody else was helping him <coughs> that villain succeeded it's just it's
2: ridiculous logic yeah, well it's He's altered the universe in this uh, in this concept. Like when uh, when you see the scene where he's uh, at the mechanic shop and he's trying to go up against the sheriff, the first lantern flat out says, "You're scaring your dad. This is totally out of character for you." So him doing something that to us is to Kyle Rayner's character is actually out of character for him in that universe. <clears throat> So it's okay for him to have failed stopping the Sinestro Corps War, or stopping whatever, because technically that's not his character in that universe. I mean, because when you change the universe according to what we've read in this particular issue, everything changes. Not just not just the events, but who you are, okay. because the events that shaped you have changed.
1: Okay. However, you're talking about that in you know with the father's universe okay it's completely out of character for him to go up against authority which mm-hmm. is why he's in a mechanic shop and he's not a green lantern
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the final story he is a green lantern which means he still has that character that makes him a green lantern yeah so you know saving the day would be his character
0: that, come, come on
1: Whatever, that's, you know, that's...
0: A, that's it doesn't it doesn't say here, anything... It's
1: neither here nor there whether or not he would have saved the day or not. It's just Always, that I think it's out of character for Guy Gardner, you know, to attack him the way that he did. <coughs> for the reason that he did.
2: Well, we don't understand everything that Guy Gardner's been through and Lost, though. He says a few things, but we don't understand everything.
0: Yeah, in this version of the Sinestro core War, the good guys lost Kyle failed and it was the apocalypse and now Kyle shows up after god knows how long and <clears throat> all Guy sees is somebody to take it out on It maybe it's not logical but logic doesn't matter to emotions
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: and not for nothing but you've never seen Guy Gardner just start a fight with somebody
1: Guy Gardner has honor.
0: <laughs> so God, Guy Gardner built a bar so he could get into drunken fist fights with people without having to leave the house.
1: Listen, I, that's that's absolutely true. Well, he does leave the house to get to the bar. Oh <laughs>
2: uh, yeah.
1: He doesn't live at the bar.
2: He did at one point. Did he? I think, I think
1: so. Did he have a house above it or something like that? I think so. Was that collateral damage?
0: No. He just slept on the counter. I think it was during Kyle's series. Bathed in the sink.
1: No, I mean, like,
0: to me... I vaguely remember that.
1: You know, for Guy Gardner, you know, to blame another Green Lantern for not saving the day, when he himself is a Green Lantern. It's not like (sighs) Guy Gardner became Green Lantern after the Sinestro Corps, you know... Took, you, know, to destroyed Earth.
0: you were just Look. going on about Look. how out of character it is for Kyle not to save the day because he's a Green Lantern. Right. Look, what uh, the hell uh, are uh, you talking hey. about? But the other <laughs> aspect of this is that oh God. Guy Gardner himself oh God. Didn't, didn't save the day, so
2: like, why is he bl- hey. like, blame yourself? He has uh, no honor an, in this universe. This, this, is, this is an alternate universe we saw for three pages that we'll never ever see again. <laughs> We've spent like half an hour on this. jesus Uh,
1: so in any case i hated the last story (laughs) i i I did like the middle story because it shows like our kyle's you know our kyle um and his character shining through in this fake universe
2: um
1: and i i love the first one where like you know his will is basically so strong that you know he still is able to manifest his White Lantern energy, which it also makes sense that now that he's mastered all of the emotions, then one would suspect that he like might always be able to manifest them from nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, this... I really like the concept that he is not getting fooled by any of like like no matter what Volthoom does Kyle can still like pull his real self to the forefront Mm -hmm. I love that I feel like they kind of dropped the ball with it as they went through this issue though because it's like like every now and then he starts to kind of buy into what he's seeing and interact with it like it matters or like it's real and like I thought it would have been so much more interesting if maybe Maybe, like, we got to see, like, a few more quick changes, like, different worlds where, like, Volthoom is, like, trying again and again to kind of, kind of, like, mine Kyle's emotions. But Kyle, every time, is just, like, shooting it down because he's, like, he's not buying it. Yeah. Like, I thought it was really cool, like, that scene I mentioned before where he was arguing with Valthoom and the, the sheriff is like, what the hell is wrong with this kid? But, like, that fell off the rails when Kyle just sobbed and said, Hey, wait a second. My, you mean my dad taught me how to fix cars? What else did he teach me? I'm like, R- Really? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Now you're going to start?
1: Well, I think, but he was more irritated than anything else. You know, because it's like, you know, what else did I miss out on because he walked out on me, kind of thing? Like, he was already angry at his father. You know, and now all of a sudden now he has more reason to be angry because he could have taught him something. Yeah. See, so, you know, the old deadbeat actually had something to offer. Just how much else did I miss out on because Dad quit on us? You know, he's, he's pissed.
0: Yeah. I also, I took it as that he legitimately wanted to know, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Low borrow. Yeah, borrow.
1: I give this one a buy. I like the interaction with Kyle with Alex, even though I hate the way that he draws Alex.
2: Yeah. Well, before we move on to Red Lanterns, you know what I hate about all three of these issues? Hmm? They're nothing but set up. All three of these are essentially nothing but set up. And Red Lanterns, of all things, was like a breath of fresh air. (laughs) (laughs) After after reading these three issues back to back Because if I remember correctly Because it's been a while since I've read these In the first place All three of these issues came out on the same day Really? Yeah And then Red Lanterns came like a week or two later Hmm. So reading all three of these back to back And going Oh god uh, Where's the, the plot progression When am I understanding what the whole goal Of the first lantern is like yeah. you know you know he's out to you know have get his power and you know how he's gonna do that and you know he wants to alter the universe in some way but to what end and why and it's just like oh my god can we can we can we do something else and then Red Lanterns came out and was like well it still kind of sucks but thank God it's not what I've been reading <laughs> for the past three issues over here it
0: doesn't it doesn't make it all the worse knowing that this is issues these are the issue 17s and you only have until issue 20 for, until these creators go away, it's like, doesn't it feel like we're just wasting time? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: like, it's like, uh, almost like a lame duck politician. Like, you know, this is their their final story, which probably isn't going to, you know, mean too much. Um, you know, if anything, it's just gonna set it up for the next guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it, you know, like, they they want to, They want to take one last shot to really, like, make their statement on their character before they have to go. But at the same time, like, I feel like I know these characters well enough that I'm not really getting anything out of these. Other than, you know, the cool moment here or there and, you know, hopefully learning more about what the hell the villain actually wants to do. But I don't know. <sighs> Got it. So, Red Lantern 17. Yeah. <laughs> Written by Peter Milligan. Art by Miguel Sepulveda. Colored by Rain Burrito. What? Rain Burrito. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, not the food, Jim. <laughs> oh, what's
1: a rain burrito?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a burrito that's really wet.
1: Oh,
0: it's gross. And, <clears throat> I don't know, whatever. So.
2: That's the name I dance under. God damn it, Chad. (laughs) Wet burrito. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. So,
0: we start... We start off with Atrocis having some dumb conversation with an old save file of Cronus' soul. (laughs) And then... We find... We, uh... Find out that the reason Atrocitus came to Maltus to begin with was to get the great something thingy. What's it The Great Heart. Yes. Here it is. Which okay, apparently back back in back in Green Lantern 17, where we saw that conversation of the Guardians choosing to get rid of all their emotions, it turns out what they did with it was they they pulled like a the old Star Heart trick where they took all this emotional energy they didn't want they put it in this one vessel called it a heart and locked it away <laughs> <laughs> and it's apparently in the, this like super futuristic looking city thing under Malthus and Atrocitus has this plan that you know alright so the guardians have their third army and the third army is targeting emotional beings so I'm gonna take this thing I'm going to dump the emotions back into the guardians so that the third army will attack them just like everybody else. So he's like, okay, my two enemies will now turn against each other. Hopefully with casualties on each side. Okay. Um, along the way though, he has to fight these robot drones that are assigned to protecting this heart dealy. And they basically, like, you know, they're programmed not to let anybody with emotions in. And they say to Atrocitus, like, look, we don't have to fight. You don't have to be destroyed. Let us take the emotion out of you. And we'll put it in the great heart and it'll be great. And Atrocitus, you know, he is kind of, like, he's shocked. Like, just the thought that <clears throat> all of his rage and all of his pain, like, everything he's felt over the last billion years since his planet fell and he lost his family, could go away. Like, just like that. Everything that has driven him, all the negativity in his life, it could just get shut off and be gone. He could be free of it, finally. But all that peace made him angry. So he
2: <laughs>
0: he started eviscerating robots while the Manhunters just sort of, like, walk through the front door and the other robots are like, hey, and the Manhunter's like, hey... And they they successfully secure the Great Heart.
1: No, they, they tessellate it. Alright. They tessellate the heart.
0: And then Volthoom shows up. And he's like, hey, I'm Volthoom. Gimme. And while all this is going on, <coughs> uh, we got Rancor on Earth. He is ditched, please. And he's, I don't know, he's just kind of stalking people now. He sees this woman about to be assaulted. But he doesn't want to want her to be scared of him. So instead of helping her, he takes a few minutes to try and make this like super intricate, advanced <laughs> construct that looks like a regular person. <laughs> Which, you know, okay. <laughs> oh god. Um then <laughs> So he he camouflages himself as a real as a regular guy. Alright, and then he goes down to intervene to keep that guy from like a, like sexually assaulting her. And he just looks at him, he looks at this guy with evil red laser eyes, and all of a sudden his bone, like, this guy's bones start, like, contorting in unnatural ways. And this woman's only reaction is, I don't know how you did it, but thanks. Like, she, she saw him look at this guy's arm, and then his arm break. <laughs> in, and, and then they just walk off together. To get a drink. Yeah, to get a drink. So this this can only end well. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that's what's going on there.
2: Yeah. <coughs> I, like, I like when uh, they're trying to get down into the Great Heart, and they're like, Wolf, the manhunters are like, we'll find a route down, master. And he's like, no, there's a quicker way, the atrocitous way. And it turns out the atrocitous <laughs> way is to punch through the floor.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Red Hulk smash. <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah. And oh. can I just say, like, the whole... Like, Peter Milligan, I don't know, man. Like, he he seems to really, really think all computers would talk like people. It's like, yeah. even this, like, this Krona thing is, like, like he sees Valthum show up, and he's like, wait, it's you? Oh, no, no, no. First he says, oh, hey, passerby, come closer. Take pity on the pitiful echo of a distant corpse. <laughs> i was once that's how he says it too i was once alive (laughs) a family (gasps) you it's you (laughs) how yeah
2: and this this echo (laughs) screams in pain as it dies yeah
1: um the peter milligan he's gotta be like he's gotta be taking something when he writes this like seriously um Right on, like the first uh, two-page spread with the Manhunters over Oa. One of the Manhunters, I guess, communicates with Atrocitus. Atrocitus, Master, all hell's breaking loose on Oa. The other Lanterns have arrived. Like a Manhunter is communicating to somebody, all hell is breaking loose. Um, I love I love that. That was that was great. And then. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, you got Krona telling a story. It's like, listen, Atrocitus, me and you, we're exactly the same. There was a fire that burned down my house and killed my wife and kids. So, nice. you see, well, yeah, wives and kids, you know, you see, we're exactly the same. I lost <laughs> my wives and kids, and you lost an entire planet.
0: Yeah, but then Atrocitus is like, maybe I could forgive Krona.
1: Yeah no, and he literally says out loud, "I am not your friend." And then the next, you know, the same panel, but 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 what happened to Corona? Could it explain what he did? Could it even excuse it? He says that out loud, like that's not a thought bubble. Like he actually exclaims that to this ghost. Oh. When when he said that, I was just like, like, seriously.
2: Well, the great heart is supposedly affecting him. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, yeah. True. That's great
1: true. heart, yeah. But that still doesn't really explain why he would say something like that out loud.
2: Mm. Uh, I like how I like how uh, Maltis has the, the the home of Krona, has chairs and tables and rugs and couches <laughs> and landings and windows. It lo- it looks like an Earth house.
0: It looks kind of like a rec center, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. He lives at the Owen YMCA. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Yep. Yeah. Krona's two wives. I would say get used to that here because you're never going to see it again. And uh,
2: apparently, we're never ever going to see Krona again. For real? Apparently.
1: Um, What'd you call it? Now, the other thing is, like, with uh, Rancor, like, the concept that he has to create this construct over himself, because he's so hideously vile to look at, is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Because he basically looks like any other superhero. You know, like he's got he's got a little bit of <laughs> black paint around his eyes and his eyes glow red. Um, and he's, he's got on flame fire. Yeah, yeah he's got flame coming off of it, off of his body <laughs> and his hair. But when he calms himself down, he doesn't have flame coming off of him. Just like no other red lantern has flame coming off of him. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: So like he just looks like any other regular person, but instead he has to cover himself with i guess construct threads or something which again is completely moronic and that scene where like he looks at the guy and then the next scene his hand is broken Mm. like like really like that was that that passed by an editor an editor said oh all looks good on here
2: I think it was okay, because the word bubble says, I don't know how you did it, but I think you broke his arm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't know how he did it either.
0: (laughs) Like, it would have been great if he at least, like, threw a punch, so (laughs) you could, like, you could make up the excuse, like, wow, I guess you hit him just right or something. Or
1: if there was a flash of light, and you didn't see anything, or anything, I don't think Peter Milligan knows how he broke this guy's arm.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, it's it's stupid. I like Blee's watching from the shadows, doing that little coy look and saying fool at the same time. Yeah.
1: Well, of course you would say fool, because there's nobody around here to hear it.
2: Hmm. (coughs) Are they in England? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can see the London Tower in the background earlier. Oh, all right.
1: Yeah, what you got? I mean, I I I guess I I have to believe that what she's saying is normal.
0: I kind of like that little attempt for humor, where the manhunters are trying to get into the city, and the robot's like, you can't come in here if you have a motion, and then they just all pause, and he's like, alright, you can go. Yeah, so. I I did kind of like <clears throat> that moral quandary they presented Atrocitus with where you could take all of your pain away and move on with your life just by asking us to. Like that's all you have to do. And it can all go away. Yeah, that's not even
1: uh that's not even one of Volthoom's choices.
0: No. Uh. Speaking of Valthum, I think <clears throat> Miguel Sepulveda draws the best Volthum that we've gotten so far. I get him. I'm going to give credit to him and the colorist. Hmm. Um, Rain burrito, whatever. <laughs> Volthroom, if you don't approach this character right, looks really sparse and lazy. but like his Waltroom looks powerful and intimidating and kind of scary.
1: So these manhunters just like wrapped a manhunter skin around the great heart and stole it. Basically. Fair enough. This this book is so bizarre. <laughs> I, I I, you know, I, I said it jokingly to somebody, but honestly, it's like red lanterns every month is certified WTF.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wish this cover was what happened in the book. <laughs> Cause like, it's like it's such a cool cover. except for the fact that people keep forgetting the guardians don't wear rings. But this is like this cover is so awesome. Like this is the this is the battle Atrocitus has been wanting to have forever. Yeah. This, this is a fight like I thought we would see during Rise of the Third Army or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. that one. No. Yeah.
1: Now, yeah, now this. It's a great it's a great cover, if it was anywhere remotely close to what happens in the issue. I can't you know I I really I can't believe that this comic made it to issue seventeen. <laughs> Good job, guys.
2: It, it is ended- continuing on past the creative change.
1: <laughs> I well I mean I definitely think that it should live on past the creative change. I've been saying that there should have been a creative change for 17 issues.
2: No, 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 no. That they find enough merit in the series to go, let's not cancel it, let's get another creative team. I, listen, I think that there is
1: potential for Red Lanterns. I always thought there was potential for Red Lanterns. I never, I've never, i never seen it, like, you know, truly. I, it was half realized when they did, like, Tales of the Red Lanterns, you know, with... Uh, Ratchet and... Scar... Scar... Scarrow... Skalux. And, uh... There was one more that I can't remember.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, <sighs> yeah, no, I still say that Green Lantern issue number, whatever it was, back when it was just, like, the the atrocitous spotlight issue. Remember that? Where, like, the Spectre was there, and, like, they found the Butcher.
1: Yeah, the cat killed somebody on the subway, I think.
0: Maybe, I don't Rage know. Rage cat. I don't know, but that was an issue, that was an all-atrocitous issue, and that right there showed me that a Red Lantern solo book can be great. But yeah. you just have to have like a clarity of vision and a comprehension comprehension of the characters going into it and and um Peter Milligan did not start this series with that and he, he really he didn't he, he got he's gotten better I think but it's he's still in that weird space of instead of Learning about what was there already, he's just sort of try to build on his own take instead.
1: Yeah, yeah, he tried to make Atrocitus too much of his own.
0: <laughs> yeah, which I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but like, I mean, it I w- sucks I mean, I would say like, like Jeff Johns has successfully made Hal Jordan his own too, but he did it by, by, inc- by incorporating. What he wanted to do into what's already been established about the character, and that's that's a step that Milligan didn't take with Atrocitus.
1: Um. Yeah. The only the only thing that I think is still interesting is that Red Lanterns, the book about rage, still is able to make me feel rage while reading it. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens when this becomes the Guy Gardner book. I,
1: I'm looking forward to to it past Milligan. Just I don't even care what they write about. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to the, the creative change. Ah oh, man. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, though, because, like, 17 issues probably... Maybe three of them were good. Uh, I think I'm being generous. But, you know, in all all that time, like, you would think that it would make me not want a Red Lantern book anymore. Like, just be like, you know what, just give up on it already, you know. It it sucked for so long, there's no way to come back from it. But I still want a Red Lantern book. I want a good Red Lantern book, but I still definitely want one.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, there's there like, uh, it uh, it has potential to be good. You know, it's, it just thinks that the highlight of this run has been crossovers with Stormwatch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> oh god! It, it <laughs> the, <laughs> the worse this series gets, the more excited I am <laughs> for issue twenty one. <laughs>
0: You know what? Not for nothing. I hope issue 20 is the worst, most horrid piece of shit we have ever had to read. (laughs) I hope it's double-sized. I hope that Millian pulls out all the stops and just Uh, gives us, like, a con- like, like, like maybe he had another six months worth of stories in him, but then this change happened, so he has to concentrate all of it into (laughs) one issue. (laughs) 18 gets even worse. I want to uh, read a Red Lantern issue so terrible that it almost kills me.
1: I want to read a Red Lantern issue so terrible that like a red <laughs> ring literally comes to me and says, "James Ford of Earth, you have so much rage in your heart." I want uh,
0: I want one that'll make me react so strongly that I just instinctively start to physically eat the comic book. I want <laughs> I want I want him to go at I just own your run, Peter Milligan. Own it. Use it. And knock us all on our ass on your way out the door.
1: If there was ever a comic that would give me the ability to set things on fire by thinking about it, it's Red Lanterns.
2: Red Lanterns. Why won't I
0: die? Uh, like when, when Rancor looked at a guy till his arm broke, That's what Peter Milligan can do with writing. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: Peter Peter Milligan looks at Red Lanterns and my heart breaks. Uh, Remember,
2: Jim, Red Lanterns is the punisher of the DCU. Only we're the ones being punished.
0: (laughs) I I feel like we're going to miss Peter Milligan once he's gone. We've talked about this
2: for 17 months now. (laughs) I'm sick of I'm sick of hating a book. Can we please god? Yeah. Make it back to good stuff. Yes.
1: Yeah. I'm, I almost I almost enjoy the idea that I hate it so much.
0: I mean, it certainly gives us a little variety, right? Cuz like how how <laughs> they can't all be good. How boring would <laughs> it be if we loved everything all the time? Uh,
1: that would be awesome.
0: <laughs> you, could you imagine it wouldn't be as fun imagine. to listen to
1: no seriously could you imagine reading five books a month because now we're six. gonna have five what what's six threshold wow. that's not a real green lantern book it,
2: it <laughs> Plus, is
1: if, but if that dude uh what's his face um is I
2: think that's in, his name
1: yeah whatever it does it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to any it doesn't matter to anybody, and it's especially it doesn't matter to people reading Threshold. I can assure you. But, yeah, whatever. I think they, they're they going to be doing like, uh, you know, switching storylines anyway. So he might not be even in the storyline, you know, in, I don't know, six months, five months, three months, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but no, bottom line, could you imagine reading five books a month, where you have Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, New Guardians, Red Lanterns, and Larflees. and they were all fantastic every month.
0: That would, that would be great.
1: It would and be Justice amazing. Believe America. We don't really cover yeah. that though.
0: Although I think that that is gonna—I mean, I—I'm predicting that's going to be the one-stop shop for Simon Baz, because I just based on nothing but like the cover to issue 21, it.
1: Yeah, we're not seeing him anytime times
0: <laughs> soon. Yeah, great. I mean, and I think that's kind of... That works for me, just because, like, Jeff Johns, kind of... He created this new character and kind of gets to take him with him. So, like, yeah. Justice League of America is where we're going to get the Simon Baz stories. And, like, which makes it... Because, like, his... Everything about this character is so Earth-centric and, like, grounded. I think it would be a mistake to put him in space where I think all of these books are going to keep living.
1: Well, I think, uh... I think I heard that Johns is taking Baz, he's taking
0: Budge, and he's taking Sinestro. Huh? Damn, where?
1: To Justice League of America. I don't know that they're, like, actually going to be in the book all the time. I don't really know what's going to happen with Sinestro. But I believe he kind of took them, you know,
0: as his own. He
2: commandeered them.
1: Basically, yeah, yeah.
0: So he's like... He's like that guy stealing office supplies on his last day. He just, like, stuffs Sinestro and a stapler into his bag and runs out the door.
1: Must be a big bag. It is.
0: No, he folds them.
2: Folds him.
1: It's bigger on the inside.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm.
2: yeah. And not for nothing, dear listener, but 18... Um, when we cover the issue 18s, basically much of the same. This stuff doesn't get better until the 19s. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and
1: even then, only barely. Whew. Oh, well. Maybe issue 20s will blow us away.
0: Oh, I, listen. Red Lanterns, come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll just blow. Or want, make us want to blow ourselves away. <laughs>
1: I think out of all of them, the one, the ones that I'm gonna miss the most is probably uh, Tomasi.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it the other day, and I think, in general, I rem- I have more overall positive memories of Tomasi's run as a Green Lantern writer than I do of John's, just because mm-hmm. I feel like his quality has been more steady and in the same neighborhood the entire time. I mean, he's yeah. he's had some thuds, but it hasn't fluctuated back and forth very much.
1: Yeah, the thing about Tomasi is that even when he's writing a story that I don't particularly care about, it's still a good story. You know, like, he's, he's just, he's extremely good when it comes to writing dialogue, and uh, you know, just like the, the chain of events and whatnot, that, you know, no matter how many times we get, you know, John Stewart on trial for, you know, a crime or whatever, um, you know, Green Lantern Corps becomes, you know, courtroom drama once again. It's still, you know, it's still a good comic, which, you know, is just, uh, I don't know, it's, it's fascinating to me that he's able to, to do that, but... Yeah, no, everybody else, I could definitely use a change. So, see how it goes.
0: Yeah. So, are we done? I would say so. Right. one of you to do the closing. I did it last time.
1: Okay. If you want to email us, you can do so at lanterncast at gmail.com. You can go to lanterncast.com. Uh, that's our website. Uh, we have links to our Twitter, our Facebook page, our forum. Uh, you could find us on iTunes or on Stitcher. Just uh, do a search for Lanterncast or. Green Lantern will pop up too And uh, if you want to leave a voicemail You can do so at 708 Lantern Um, I think that's about it
2: We're on iTunes and Stitcher I said that Okay, I wasn't listening
1: Somebody wasn't listening
2: I was was watching Arrow
1: We've got that best of 2012 Coming up guys
2: Yeah, get on your shit people Yep, we're going to cut off
0: submissions the end of this month, April.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: So make your stupid list, Jim.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, I, I told Scott uh, I'm just going to erase his name and write my name on top. God, for his list.
2: <laughs>
1: 2012 was a busy year for me. I don't know
0: if I'm going to be able to remember everything. Jesus
2: this might be the last. If we don't get enough. Yeah, if we don't get enough submissions. No more best ofs. This
0: might be the last year we do this. Oh yeah.
2: God, that would be amazing.
0: So for a list, go to com, click on the forums, and look for the thread where we talk, where we give all of the categories and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that. I can't, how many?
1: How many entries have we gotten so far?
0: Two. Yeah.
1: Two. I know we got Scott. <clears throat> who else? Who was the other one?
0: Uh, we got Mark. Yeah. Mark, mm-hmm.
1: we should just have the two of them on and let them go, you know, combat basically and, you know, say, oh, well, this is what I think was the best. This is what I think was the best. And then we vote.
0: That sounds terrible.
1: I, it'd be so easy.
0: <laughs> you just want to do whatever would get you out of doing any work.
1: Yes, that is exactly it. <laughs> no, I, I, I literally do think that would be a good idea, though. That would be fun.
0: yeah Nah. <laughs>
1: Uh,
2: okay. Alrighty.
1: God. We'll, uh, we'll have issue 18s, I guess, pretty soon, too.
2: <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Gonna
0: bang them out so we can catch up. Yep, issue 18s and, your favorite in mine,
2: Threshold. <laughs> <laughs> God. It's coming, Sean, don't worry.
1: Uh, I have a stack of those issues that I'm just <laughs> dreading reading. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, good night
2: everyone. Good night. Good night.